our church webpage and Facebook. My name is Stephen Wakeland, and I'm one of the adult Sunday school teachers here at St. James United Methodist Church in Lawrence. Physically, there's only two others here today besides myself, and that's our Pastor John. Good to see you, Pastor John. See, so you got your coffee ready. And our special audiovisual technician and laity, Kevin. Uh, before I start, I want to ask if there's any special words of wisdom for either you two uh, for today. Anything special you want to pass on or talk about? Take, take your time. Hey, Steve. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone uh, listening. I uh, hope everybody had a good week. Happy Memorial Day to all the, to all the veterans that are out there. Uh, we, appreciate, we, we appreciate your service uh, and, and, and everything you've done for our country and protecting our freedoms and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, so again, happy Memorial Day. Um, but uh, and I, Just something I'd like to mention real fast. Just a couple things, really. So, first of all, I uh, just want to remind everybody about the... Um, you know about about our, our web page again s t j a m e s u m c l a u r e n s dot org at st james umc lawrence dot org got all of our videos over there uh, continuing to put uh, information up as far as um, uh, as far as if, information about the church and announcements and all that kind of good stuff as well as all of our live streaming uh, items that you see here. Uh, so just a reminder about that. Also, again, you can get all these, all of our services um, through uh, through audio podcast, through Apple iTunes, or through Castbox if you're a, if you're an Android user. So uh, be sure to uh, to if you want to get notified of those those um, of the episodes after we've completed them and i normally put them up uh, almost directly after after services just be sure you subscribe to in those services and then and the button's pretty big and predominant so you can just click there and get notified whenever they come available to you and they'll download directly to your phone or devices that you have set up um so one other thing I want to mention, and I hope I'm not talking out of turn here. Um, I, I saw something this morning that really got me to thinking, uh, and it's something that's that's been weird here <laughs> over the course of the past few months with the whole COVID-19 uh, quarantine type of stuff. The thing that I want to remind everybody about, and I'm sure everybody knows this, but the thing I want to remind everybody about is that we all have our own difference opinion, difference of opinions and different feelings about this whole thing. So what I would like to remind everybody about is to be sure that we are being, um, uh, I guess, being thoughtful to other people's opinions because not everybody feels the same way that you may or that other people might. Um, some people are not comfortable with coming back to places yet. Some people want to get back to places yet, and everybody has their own differences in opinion and stuff like that. So uh, just be kind, be nice, be thoughtful to other people's opinions, and be sure that you're taking their opinion into account before you go jumping on with both feet because you don't agree with them. Um, you know, it's a, it's a real touchy situation for everybody. This is stuff that, that people have never uh, never been encountered with before, so we are all got a mixed bag of feelings. Um, so let's be sure we're being good Christians to everyone and be sure that we're being mindful of, of, of what everybody else's thoughts and, and feelings are on the whole thing before we jump to jump the gun. And, and get after somebody because we don't agree with what their thought process is. So I'm off my soapbox now. Thanks, Steve. Uh, good morning again, everybody, and hope everybody has a blessed week and day. Great. Pastor John, you got any special words of wisdom? I concur with what Kevin said because <laughs> I'm taking a lot of heat over this coronavirus and the vision in our stance in our church. And as I said, I have, to, I, ha I have an obligation to do as the bishop asked us to do 
I, I got ordained and, and part of my vow was to uphold the discipline of the church. But the good news is within two weeks we will be opening and I'll be talking more about that in our, in our Sunday service. I also want to recognize all of our veterans and all those that have, the men and women that have given their lives um, for our country. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, thank you so much for your service. And also this Memorial Day, we really want to remember those people, those 90,000 people in our country that have lost their lives to COVID-19. This is a Memorial Day that we need to remember them as well. I know a lot of people, um, a lot of people are, are afraid at this time and we have a good Lord that's with us and we don't have to be afraid. Um, he's going to be with us during this time. And, and, but we, we, like Kevin said, we really need to be sensitive to people that are hurting right now. They're, they're, you may not know people that, are, that have experienced COVID-19, but um, my sister-in-law had it. Um, she said that it was the worst illness that she's ever experienced. Um, she got it on a plane. She lives out of Seattle, Washington. She got it on a plane, and my, my wife hadn't heard from her in a while, and my mother-in-law hadn't heard from her in a while, and so she was sick. But she came down, she's, a flip, she's a phlebotomist. She studies blood. But she came down with the illness, and she said that she was one of the lucky ones that, you know, that she had, didn't have to go on a ventilator. But other people, you know, some people um, get it and they pass away. So we really need to be, this memorial, that we really need to be sensitive to the people that are suffering in our country. And, we, and I want to stress again, we really need to do... Um, and I'm going to talk about that in my message this morning. We really need, and I'm sorry to see you taking up this time. No, um, appreciate Steve for doing our, our Sunday school, um, be willing to do that for us. Um, but, we, but we really need, and I want to stress this, we really need to not let our guard down. We really need to do what the, what the um, um, authorities tell us. I mean, there's conflicting views from the politicians. Um, but I was reading on the news yesterday that South Carolina, there are 24 states um, that are seeing an upsurge in the, in the, um, uh, the COVID-19 since we've had this reopening. South Carolina, North Carolina was one, uh, two of those states. And today we had 248 cases. And there are only 3,000, about 3,500 beds that are left in our state. We're up to 66% of people that are in the hospitals. And what's gonna happen is, is if we go beyond that, it's, we're gonna have to do it like they did in New York. We're gonna have to set up hospital beds outside. So we really need, I just wanna advise you, please be careful, please be mindful that the disease is still out here and we need to do what we do, what we need to do to protect ourselves. And also, um, with, with our church, when we come back to meet again, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be like church is normal. I mean, I went to a meeting, and all these requirements, recommendations that we have to do, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, I'm just telling you what, it is mind-boggling. So I, so we're going to work on that, and then we're going we're gonna to post that, and I'll talk more about that, too. So thank you, Steve. That's all I got to say, because I'll, I'll take up the time. So I'll turn it back over to our Sunday school. Well, thanks, John and Kevin. We both appreciate your both of your words of wisdom. We greatly appreciate it. As far as any other announcements, um, like uh, John and Kevin said, let's keep all those veterans' families 
in our prayers for their members that gave their life. You know, because of what they've done, we're free here today to work here, to live here, and worship in the best nation in the earth. And that reminds me, uh, Anna Faye reminded me a few years ago I need to help volunteer and help at the polls. Well, I have been helping ever since, but uh, I do want to remind everybody of that special freedom we have, and do not forget that on June the 9th, Tuesday, all day long, you can go to your local precinct and vote. If you want to vote absentee, as they call early voting, but it's really absentee voting here in South Carolina, be sure to go downtown to the square to the elections office and cast your votes. Uh, as far as other announcements, <clears throat> um, Family Promise still has a tentative reopen date for this coming Tuesday. As of this point, they have one family that consists of a young married couple. They have three children, ages three, two, and one, and another on the way in August. This family will be staying at the static site, which is First Methodist Church here in Lawrence. We'll receive some more information about the specific dates and times, but all we're going to be required to do over the next two months is to sign up for three consecutive days within the month. And they have a system, what they call contactless, that's, a, that's such a word, contactless delivery. Uh, deliver the food plus the dishes that you prepare or that if you volunteer repair, they're being disposable packaging. So a menu and a schedule will be drafted this week. If you're interested and have the time and can help, uh, just contact uh, Carolyn Vines or myself, and whenever the sign-up schedule comes out, we'll see about putting you in. And as soon as we know those dates, we'll let you all know. As far as prayer requests, we want to keep in our prayers all those people that were sick, especially as Pastor John mentioned, his sister-in-law. Um, as far as hearing the church are concerned, I, I'm going to kind of follow along with some uh, prayer requests we got this week from Pat. Let's keep uh, Janet Kennedy and her family, but especially Felix, in our prayers. You know, he's up at his rehab center now, rehabbing after his fracture to his ankle and his toe. So let's keep him, all those health care workers and his doctors, in our prayers. If nothing, no one else has anything to add. Hey, hey Steve, I got, Go ahead. One, I got one thing real Listen, fast. Listen, my time is your time. Well, oh, yes, sorry. So one other thing. So when, uh, the graduation stuff, what, what was the date on that? Do you remember? The 28th? The 28th of we, June. We talked about, and hopefully when we get together as a church council and look at our calendar, we're taking a look at the 28th of June, uh, which is the last Sunday in June, mm -hmm. uh, trying to follow the guidelines, these guidelines put out by everybody, uh, <laughs> to have a sit-down dinner in our Family Life Center to recognize those individuals that graduate from high school and our two college graduates. Okay. 
Awesome. So uh, it'll with, be right after church. Yeah. So with with that too, uh, I think we we spoke about it briefly, uh, maybe last week. That if you want your graduate recognized on our Facebook page, on our, on our web page, or whatnot, um, send the information over to Mary Ann, uh, my wife, Mary Ann. I think uh, her her email address is posted in a lot of places, especially on your bulletins. But it's M L A L L M O N D. ML Almond 06 at yahoo.com. So that's ML Almond 06 at yahoo.com. Send pictures. Um, be sure, don't send any professional pictures. Only take pictures that you've taken. Um, you know, send pictures over. Send us some some information about what they're what they've graduated, where they're graduating from, what they're graduating with, et cetera, et cetera. Any type of um, clubs and GPAs or whatever it is that you want to recognize about your graduate. Be sure you get that stuff over to us, and we'll get it posted everywhere so folks can see. Great. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So they just send like a little letter that they allowed the DSUS to put it online yeah. would be helpful. Yeah, I don't know if if you heard everything that John said there. I don't think I had the microphone up loud enough, but uh, but just just so um, so we're clear with no uh, copyright issues or, or, or legalities or anything like that. Send us a little note saying, hey, we allow you to post your picture on on our media pages, um, just to clear us of anything on that. Great. Okay, let us. Uh, Let's bow our heads and open our lesson with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for our many blessings and the gift of grace you have given us. As we praise you and worship you this day, keep us safe from the evils of this world. Watch over our families of those who have given their lives in our continued effort to keep our nation safe and secure. Be with all of our Sunday school teachers and class members unable to be here today. Continue, God, to give us the wisdom to see and hear your words as they apply to us each and every day. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, on my uh, chart here in the classroom, and I think Kevin's going to put something on uh, the screen here you can look at, the title of our lessons for you that don't have your uh, Sunday school books, and that reminds me, I know that your Sunday school books run out in uh, the end of June or end of May. Uh, we don't have the new ones yet, but uh, don't worry about it. We'll still have Sunday school without the books. Uh, we, we, we do have the one book right here, the Bible, and that's where it all comes from. But uh, today's title is Grace to the Dying Thief, and we're going to be studying uh, chapter 23 of Luke, verses uh, 32 to 43. Now, as noted in our lesson, this does seem a kind of a curious time to choose this lesson because today is the last Sunday of the great 50 days of Easter uh, because it looks back at a particular event in Jesus' death on the cross. Um, if you think about it, at this particular time in Scripture, uh, Jesus and the two criminals, they're hanging there on the cross, and they're facing death. The lesson also pointed out that someday we will also face, face death. Maybe not the ways these men did on the cross, but as the author pointed out, it puts in quotes, one day we're all going to die. We can't escape that physical Reality that one day our bodies are going to die. However, 
this lesson reminds us that we need, especially me, I need to listen for and share the words that Jesus gives us about grace and hope. We know today that even if I died today, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I know that that uh, I'm going to go be able to see all those people I haven't seen. When I get up to heaven, I'm going to be able to see those people, and I'm going to hope they remember me when I get there, and I'll remember you all when you get there. But in even in today, in life's most difficult moments, even at the point of death, we realize what Jesus has given us. He's given us his grace, grace and hope. Now, I want to set the stage here before I start reading our lesson, which starts on uh, 2332. Remember that uh, right before this, and I know John talked about this during the, his Easter sermons and so forth, but we know that Pontius, that we know that Pilate, he interrogated Jesus. Then Pilate sent him to Herod, and Herod ridiculed him, interrogated him, then sent him back to Pilate. And Pilate, I want to read just a little bit backwards here in Luke 22, verse 13. It says in Scripture, and I'm reading from a New King James Version. It says, Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misled the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man, concerning those things for which you accused him of. No, neither did Herod. Herod, for I, for I sent you back to him. Indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done for him. And of course, we know that Pilate said, I'll just release him. And then the crowd and everybody, the rulers and the kings and everybody said, no, we want him crucified, release Barabbas. And so we know that when it came time to the crucifixion, it was Jesus and the three, the three of them, Jesus and the two criminals. So I want to read today, I'm going to read the whole entire lesson, which is only about 11 verses. You may follow along in your Bible, uh, Luke 23, verse 32 to 43. And as I said earlier, I'm going to read from my New King's Jane Version, 32. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. The people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in a letter of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Verse 39. Then one of the criminals who were 
hang blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Surely, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I put on the chart here all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of them account for Jesus' crucifixion, including the two men that were crucified with Jesus. Now, I don't really want to compare or contrast them today, but I just want to point out a couple things that I noticed during my study. If you take a look at my chart, um, take a look at my chart here. Matthew and Mark, they referred to these individuals as robbers or thieves. Now, the, uh, my new King James Version calls them robbers. The King James Version, version refers to them as thieves. So I put on the chart, they're referred to in Matthew and Mark as robbers or thieves. And as I just read here in Luke, Luke calls them two others, comma, criminals. He points out that they're criminals. And then John's scripture, he just indicates two others. Now, the second thing I wanted to point out is that, and you can read this later today, or you probably may have already, but when you go back and look at these uh, four Gospels, Luke is the only one that records a dialogue between the criminals and Jesus. And before we talk about again what they said, just remember, picture yourself. I didn't put it on the chart because we've seen many, many pictures. I was thinking about doing that, but I think there's some crazy copyright laws. You got to watch what you put on. But we know that Jesus was in the middle. One's on the left, one's on the right. Who's on the left? Who's on the right? Who does the talking? I have no idea. It doesn't say that, that the left person talked, the right person talked. We just know that they were on either side of Jesus, and Jesus was thrown into them, and Jesus was considered at that time a criminal. Um, now notice in verse 34, which I just read, I'm going to talk about some specific things. But prior to them talking, prior to the criminals talking, we see Jesus prays for those who were crucified. When he says, of course, in my Bible, and I know some others, it's written in red. I happen to have a red-letter Bible. Jesus said to them, quote, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You know, we know that while Jesus was saying this, and the, if you can imagine yourself hanging there with as a criminal or as Jesus looking down and here's all these soldiers down there ripping all the going through and casting lots going through all the belongings that Jesus's clothing he had and Jesus was saying this 
As you think about it, and I know you've heard many, many sermons, but in our Sunday school lesson, it's really kind of pointed out that all these people down there below the criminals and Jesus, they were really kind of ignorant to the fact of who Jesus really was. They didn't really comprehend or they didn't really know. They really didn't know who Jesus was. And here, Jesus, in these words, Jesus is showing us how righteous he was by contrasting his love and his gentleness with all the violence going on around him. Now, here he's hanging there, and all these people were... Now, who are these people that were yelling, throwing insults to him? We know this scripture we just read from 35 and 36, that one of the groups that was yelling and throwing insults to Jesus were the leaders and the rulers of the people. And the other group, which is talked about in uh, verse 36, were the soldiers. They were mocking him, uh, coming and offering their sour wine, throwing all kinds of insults. But what we see here was pointed out in the lesson, and I want to refer back to... Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. What we see here is a Jesus, I don't know if I can make my point clear or not, that Jesus is the example of the words he spoke about. You know, Jesus was actually that example in the Sermon on the Mount, and we've read this many times. And um, there's some writings also in Luke, but I want to refer back to Matthew Chapter 5, 43 to 44. And in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he said this, 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so here we see Jesus is the example of the words he spoke. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got to get a drink of my water here. Why? <clears throat> Sorry about that. My allergies. <clears throat> um, now let's go back to Luke 23, what I just read. And here it shows another person is throwing insults at Jesus. And that person, if you look at verse 39, is actually one of the criminals. <clears throat> and I'm going to reread his words, but when I reread these, when I first read them and read them again, I thought about this. This individual, well, let's read them. Then one of the. <clears throat> I keep this up, Kevin. You may have to take over here. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Now, you think about this as you read his words. He was kind of arrogant. He was kind of demanding, and yet he's probably a little bit ignorant. But as our author pointed out, you think about this, hanging up there on the cross, you know, death from crucifixion was agonizing, cruel, painful. Can't even imagine. Can't even imagine what it was like. 
So I guess if we look at it, and I was hanging there on the cross next to Jesus, I may make the same demands, you know, because uh, my life is in the, the hole, the depth. It, you're stuck there. You know, this criminal was desperate. He was facing the reality of his soon-to-be death. He's facing the reality that I'm going to die. Um, so he was badgering, being he was blaspheming Jesus. But as the lesson points out, and we see this, that the other criminal, don't know which side again, which one it was, the other criminal rebuked the first criminal. Because in 40 and 41, <clears throat> as I just read, he said, but the other answering and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing. You know, we know that Pilate said it. We know that Heron said it. And here we see and read that the other criminal, robber or thief, however you want to refer to him, He's pointing out that Jesus didn't do anything. This man's done nothing wrong. Also, this criminal's pointing out to the other criminal that, listen, these are not from Scripture. These are kind of my words I put together from a lesson. The other, the other criminal's pointing out, he's saying to him, now listen, we were sentenced to capital punishment here on earth. So our punishment is we're going to hang here. And second... We're going to be subject to the judgment of God upon our death. Basically, the second criminal was saying they were rightly condemned and they were receiving the appropriate sentence. <coughs> it's also interesting to note from a material that the second criminal, now some, some uh, readings you might have done or I've done, they refer to him as a repentant criminal. But from what I understand and what I read from the Gospel of Luke is that this criminal was the last person to have a conversation with Jesus before he died. I never thought about it that way. Um, and Jesus granted grace to him right then and there. He's now saved the one who came to him for rescue from the cross. And when you think about this, Jesus says in 43... And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now that statement there is a whole nother Sunday school lesson on itself. But basically, as you think about it, this is a fitting end to Jesus' ministry, which, foc which focused, Jesus' ministry focused on saving the lost. And Jesus here is extending grace to even everybody around him, but especially to that criminal. I want to read, I want to jump back to Luke 11. If I take a look at 11.9, Jesus promised something. And Jesus here is fulfilling or showing, I guess what you could call the dependability of that promise. Jesus promised something, and he said that in uh, his own words. It's recorded in Luke 11. Verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read. Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. 
So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. You know, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, would he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All through Scripture, <clears throat> as we read and study, you know, Jesus told parables and Jesus told stories of forgiveness. And we know some of these are some of our favorites. We talk about a lot of these. I know uh, in my Bible studies I do at the jail, uh, we talk about the prodigal son over and over. Uh, we think of the story of the shepherd who searched diligently for his lost sheep until it was found. But here on the cross, Jesus wasn't telling a story. Jesus was actually living the very forgiveness he had been teaching and preaching. Jesus was receiving this uh, second criminal's, basically his deathbed confession. And it was sufficient for his salvation. We see that Jesus is shrouded in death. Yet Jesus prayed for those who mistreated him, as I read earlier from his Sermon on the Mount. Many times we're, we're struck by the Holy Spirit, or we have that warm feeling, just like Wesley was. And the lesson today pointed out something that uh, came across when I was studying it. Today is the 24th of May, 2020. Well... 282 years ago, uh, that was 1738, that was, a, that was the special day when uh, it's, been, it's recorded that, you know, John Wesley went to a prayer meeting on Aldergate Street in London while he was listening to the reading, and we've heard this many times before, but I think it's important to bring it out today that as he was listening to the reading of Martin Luther's preface to the letter to the Romans, Wesley felt his heart strangely warmed, and he experienced the assurance of salvation for his life. He knew that he could trust in Christ, in Christ alone, to take away his sins. We know that after Alder's Gate, that Wesley continued to preach, and from that spread the good news, and which now identifies with the United Methodist Church. Now, we do have that assurance that uh, as we hear Jesus' words of grace and hope that was extended to this criminal, that we can also hear some of the same words offered to us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I many times, as I studied Scripture, listened to sermons, sang songs, Man, I've had that warm feeling come over you that make sometimes bring tears to your eyes. As we find ourselves today, like in times of difficulty, or for some of us, even as we may be facing death, we can claim this assurance. 
And we know it's the blessed assurance that Jesus knows us and knows our needs today, even today. And really what this lesson is brought out to me, not, any, not only grace to the dying thief, it's not about what I've done, but it's what Jesus did for us. I'm going to repeat that for myself. It's not about what I've done. It's what Jesus does for us, what he did for me. Uh, let us pray. Jesus, remember me this day as I bring my heart and life to you. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people said amen. I hope to see you all again next week or hear you all again next week or you can hear me next week. I really think it's great that we can have these saved. I really enjoyed John's sermons, especially Wednesday night, because I got to go back and retake notes all the time so it's recorded. So uh, make sure you take a, a break here, get a fresh cup of coffee, and join us back at 11 o'clock for our Sunday service with Pastor John as he brings a message for this Memorial Day. God bless you all.